Good morning, Orlando. Tuesday morning on the 50,000-watt front porch here at 6 o'clock. So glad you've dropped by. Here's our first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Coming here and now for you on News Radio 93.1 WFLA-FM and AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Melissa Fox. Our top stories this morning, Senator Bill Nelson wants Governor Rick Scott to stay out of the recount process. We'll have more details coming up in one minute. And we'll be talking about the Florida recount. And later in this half hour, this hour, are you ready for a microchip implant? Here they come. We'll talk about it on Good Morning Orlando. 602 on News Radio 93.1. Democrat Senator Bill Nelson is calling on Republican Governor Rick Scott to recuse himself from any role in the Florida recount. Outgoing Governor Scott has a slim lead over Nelson in the state Senate race, slim enough, of course, to prompt an automatic recount. In video news release, Nelson says it's obvious that the governor could not oversee a recount in a fair and impartial manner. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. What do you think the chances are Scott's going to take him up on that and recuse? I think about zero (laughs) or less. None. Not happening. Now, according to Bill Nelson's recount attorney, Mark Elias... The request that Governor Scott put in to seize the voting machines was ridiculous. The governor is not thinking clearly in his executing his authority as governor. It is being clouded by uh, his desire as a candidate to prevail in the election. Mm. Well, the governor says, uh, yeah, nothing. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, come on. There's a history here in Broward and Palm Beach County are Florida Banana Republic's down there, and that is what is driving the wary eye the governor is casting, and I'm casting as well, down in that direction, Melissa. Yes, well, a judge has said, no, that's not going to happen with the voting machines, but they will put three armed police officers around said machines. Yeah, and that, and that's a good thing. It's not ideal, but it's something. It is something. In other news, a South Florida man claims his medication made him kill his mother and grandmother. Police say 48-year-old Mark Michael Mammert went to a hospital emergency room Saturday night, told the staff there that he thought he killed his family, and now he's blaming it on his prescription medicine. Authorities checking the southwest Miami-Dade County address he provided found the body of one victim with multiple stab wounds, another body with blunt force trauma to the head, later identified as Mammert's mother and grandmother. He was then arrested on Sunday, two counts of first-degree murder. The death toll in California's campfire has grown to 42 after authorities have recovered 13 more bodies, some in cars, some in driveways, and some in houses. The fire overtakes the 1933 Griffin Park fire as now the deadliest in the state history. Later in this show, the harrowing account of a nurse who barely escaped the flames with her life. I it, saw that. It is unbelievable, and, and we're going to play that in um, in our 7 o'clock hour. You'll want to be here for it. It is incredible. Mm, and scary, but uh, thankfully she did make it through. She did, but mm. the others, they were just incinerated. Of all the ways to leave this mortal coil, I can't think of anything worse than what these people experienced in their last moments, Melissa. It's bad. It's bad. The fire officials are now saying that the fire near Chico grew to more than 117,000 acres and is only 30% contained. About 52,000 people are evacuated, 1,300 people in homeless shelters, and as you know, the entire town of Paradise are now homeless. Lyft is getting to roll, ready to roll out a new frequent riders rewards program for people who use the rail hailing app the most. Starting in December, the more people travel, the more points they'll get for perks, including ride upgrades and more experienced drivers. 
The rewards program also will include double points day to encourage people to use Lyft. The company says more people will have access to it next year, and it's promising to listen to what riders say and make tweaks to the program. Former First Lady Michelle Obama's new memoir, Becoming, hits the shelves today. In the memoir, the First Lady gives a brutally honest opinion on the current President Donald Trump. Hates him. Obama will kick off a 10-city book tour in the United States starting tonight in Chicago, where she grew up. Philanthropist and television icon Oprah Winfrey sat down with her earlier this month for an in-depth conversation. That will air tonight. Look for the words white guys in there. Just say white Scott, white she guys. She talked about her dating and how she wanted to pick a guy, and yeah, yeah, and she referenced Obama uh, <clears throat> Barry talking as a white guy. I know. Really, you'll have to watch it tonight uh, if no, you're interested, not. or okay. not. Probably not. WFLA <laughs> News Time is six oh six. Read about the folks who took to Twitter to complain about Facebook crashing online at WFLA Orlando. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henninger, Deborah Roberts, and Michael Yaffe. Melissa, that's very interesting. Great to have you here this morning. For Deb, uh, Yaffe is kind of Mr. Social Media. When you mentioned Facebook crashing hmm. and I'm complaints guessing, on Twitter, what are we talking about here? I'm guessing the website crashed it. Yep. It stopped working. And when people got mad about it, couldn't make my Facebook work, they went on Twitter, which isn't a Facebook platform, actually. Yeah. In- Instagram is partnered with Facebook. And they said, what's wrong with uh, with Facebook? Okay. So. All right. Well, it's on the website, WFLAOlando.com. Yeah. Check it out. Yaffe's in the control room. Our executive producer, Steph, is uh, screening your phone calls. Powerhouse lineup. We are going to talk about uh, the recounter. I'm feeling actually... Not nearly as paranoid as I was. I think this is actually going to work out. If I had to lay money on it, I think you're going to wind up out of this process by the end of this weekend with God's grace with Rick Scott officially having won the Senate seat from Bill Nelson and Ron DeSantis having become the next governor of this state over Andrew Gillum. I'm feeling good about it right now. Maybe you think I'm naively optimistic. If you've got a different take on it, I'd like to know what is concerning you most at this point. I mean, it's not like there aren't things that are worrying me, but history suggests there's never been a recount in this country that overturned a race with the margins as great as we have in the governor's race and even in the super tight Senate race here. So, that's kind of where I am. I don't know whether you share my optimism that ultimately this is going to work out as it should, and that rampant fraud and the left's commitment to the end justifying the means no matter what it takes to win and undermine Republicans, well, we can talk about it. 407-916-5400. Uh, the toll-free is 866 Text line 23680, a standard message and data rates apply. Later in this hour, join us in Future World because implanted microchips are coming. How would you feel about having one implanted in your body? There's some good news and some bad news about this technology. We'll explore it in Future World. And it looks like Hillary's going to make another run for the presidency. I am excited about that. And I'll explain why in the 7 o'clock hour. Big-time gun control coming from the Democrats in the House. I'll tell you why you don't need to worry about it. And then again, we will, we will listen together, and we will be breathless when we do, at this woman's harrowing, narrow escape from the wildfires that incinerated so many folks 
in Northern California. We're also going to focus on the most overused, annoying phrases on the job at work. And boy, I got a boatload of them, and I bet you do too. So that's what's coming down the pike in the next three hours. Make yourself comfortable. Stay as long as you can. You're always welcome on the 50,000-watt front porch. First of all, make your wallet great again is our texting contest. You can win 1000 bucks right now. Listen for the keyword of the hour and text the keyword to 200-200, and good luck to you. Followed immediately, of course, by an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. The recounts were ordered by the Secretary of the State of Florida, Ken Detzner, last Saturday. It is Tuesday morning at 6.15. The word we have out of Broward County, the Banana Republic of Broward County, is they have not yet actually started the recount, which must be finished by 3 o'clock this Thursday, the 15th. If they don't get that done and or Palm Beach County doesn't get it done with their ancient voting machines slowing them down, they say, then the original count from election night stands. Okay, and that would be in those critical counties victory for Rick Scott and Ron DeSantis in these contested races. It's incredible. What are they doing down there in Broward County? Well, what they're doing is they're tearing apart the seven page ballots and running only the first page through that has the governor's race and the Senate race in it. All right. And counting that like mad, supposedly. So they haven't actually begun to do it because they're breaking down the ballots as we speak. And in the middle of it all, with her smirk and her shock of white hair, the longtime supervisor of elections, Brenda Snipes, saying, if we make mistakes, we own the mistakes. You know, but we got a big county down here, and it's tough to get this done. She was appointed by Jeb Bush. What a mistake that was. And he's now saying she needs to go after the recount. She should have been gone long ago. Rick Scott and the legislature should have taken care of that. Maybe they were afraid that they would be called racist because Brenda Snipes is black. But at any rate, she is a hyper-partisan Democrat activist. And she keeps on getting reelected down there. Uh, Jeb Bush blew it when he appointed her. But at any rate, let's talk about what's going on with Snipes and company down south in the Banana Republic, not only of Broward, but Palm Beach County. Uh, from Melbourne Beach, Steve, you're on with the Bud Man. Good morning to you. Good morning, Bud. You uh, and Steph and Yep have a great show. Uh, this is what happens when you have uh, rhinos like Jebby Bush. M- Mrs. Snipes needs to be behind bars. They're corrupt. And just like in Arizona, you read the AP clipping, give me a break. The governor won by 300,000-plus votes, and this left-wing radical uh, Taliban lover gets elected? Are you kidding me? You know, we're not talking about the governor's race down there. We're talking about a Senate race in Arizona. No, no, no. I I know that, but I'm just saying, uh, just like Rush said yesterday, the governor won by 300,000, and this left-wing radical in Arizona won. Give me a break. And uh, like I said, down in Broward and West Palm Beach, banana republic, like you said, bud, things need to change. These people are corrupt. They care about power. Let's go right now. Thank you, Steve, to Kevin, who's not far from you, Steve, in Melbourne. Good morning. You're in from the coast on the recount. Go ahead, Kevin. Hey, bud. Yes, sir. You know, uh, considering all this corruption that keeps on going on down there in Broward County, uh, there's got to be a better way to do the elections, and I think we should really have, honestly, a nationwide type of process where everything is completely the same, done the same way, and and having the type of oversight we need to keep this from happening ever again. 
But you know what's interesting? But we continue to have problems in only these two counties, basically. Even hurricane-ravaged Panhandle counties seem to have gotten this done, although they accepted some votes by email, which is in violation of Florida law, but there was only like 22 of them, and they will never be counted, Kevin. 65 or 67 counties seem to be able to get it all done in a timely fashion, despite vastly different circumstances and resources. And, you know, down there in the Banana Republics, it's the exception rather than the rule, thank God. I understand. Yeah. Uh, also, no, I also understand that they're having some issues in Georgia as well with that uh, governor race up there. Yeah, they've actually given him more time on this thing right now, which is really uh, interesting. And I'm smelling a rat not only south of us in Broward and Palm Beach, but north of us in the Peach Basket State. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. Um, 407-916-5400. What's grinding your gears about the Florida recount in particular? 407-916-5400. Let's talk about it, shall we? And you can text me at 23680. Yaffe will be giving us his take and monitoring the text line. Download the absolutely free and fabulous, high-tech, user-friendly iHeartRadio app. You'll be amazed at what it can do to add to your enjoyment of everything we do here. You can customize your listening patterns on a WFLA. If you're into music, you can get your own weekly uh, mixtape put together for your enjoyment so that you hear all of your favorite artists, all your favorite songs, and all your favorite stations. Remember, we've got hundreds of iHeart radio stations with music formats of every kind all around this country. There's nothing like it. It's all there, and that, that's the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more. Check it out. Download it. It's free. It is amazing. It is the iHeartRadio app. Um, talking Florida recount here as we continue into the first half hour of the show. So glad you're with us. We'll get to that right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Stay with me on that. It's coming your way here in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Yaffe, I'm still smelling a rat down there in the Banana Republics of Broward and Palm Beach counties. Um, but I'm I'm actually feeling that this is actually, when it all shakes out, going to turn out as it should. That we are not going to be overturning these races. It's yeah, It was close, though, bud. That's what's so worrisome. I mean, you were asking earlier what's grinding your gears. You were asking the audience. I'll yeah. tell you what's grinding my gears. Yeah. The fact that we bring this stuff stuff up and the Democrats are accusing us of trying to suppress the vote. They're saying, oh, the Republicans don't want every vote counted. It's not about that. Of course we want votes counted. But there are reasons why you have the laws put in place, and that is to prevent fraud. We want votes counted, but we want votes protected as well from fraud. Right. We don't want votes that were cast taken out of circulation, and we don't want there to be votes added in after exactly. the fact that when, when people never actually cast those ballots, you know, uh, there's, there's, there's a, a, a great visual I got online from a conservative friend of mine. I think I may have mentioned it yesterday. And it's this smiling young woman, obviously a Democrat, walking with a great big box full of emergency Democrat votes and an entire warehouse behind her of boxes labeled similarly, you know. And the history down there, particularly in Broward County, you know, with Brenda Snipes and her staff, I mean, they are clearly corrupt and incompetent, you know, and the end will justify the means. We see that with the left all the time uh, in America now. And and, and that is why, you know, we are absolutely justified based on history and the behavior of the left 
to be paranoid about this situation. Well, and you bring up a really good point about history. Rick Scott and Marco Rubio, they're not just making up these things out of thin air. There are real problems going on down there today. They're not counting their votes on time. They're not putting in the votes on time. They're not following the law. So, of course, Rick Scott and Marco Rubio are going to point that out and wonder what's really going on. It's not unreasonable to think that. No, it is not. And we will continue to stay on the story. We have more on the... um, on the recount throughout the morning and our newscasts and our in our conversation together, we will stay on this. They haven't actually started the recount, believe it or not, for the reasons I cited down in the Banana Republic of Broward County. In the Banana Republic of Palm Beach County, they are saying they think with their ancient rickety voting machines that should have long ago been replaced. Susan Booker is the head of elections there. She's the equivalent in Palm Beach of Brenda Snipes in Broward. That's on her. That's her responsibility. These supervisors of elections are paid $160,000 a year. We deserve far better, do we not? News at the bottom of the hour. Coming right up. In for um, Deb, we've got Melissa Fox. More on those deadly California wildfires. And Stan Lee, Marvel Comics genius. Rest in peace. Gone from us, but never to be forgotten at age 95. And as Melissa Fox joins us in for Deb with the news this morning, we're going to stay on top of this traffic nightmare with that overturned truck blocking all westbound lanes of I-4 down by OBT. Stay with us for updates on that. In the meantime, we turn our attention westward to those catastrophic wildfires in California. Melissa? Yes, but the death toll in California's campfires now climbed to 42. Authorities in California have recovered 13 more bodies. They also have a red flag warning. It's extended now in Los Angeles County in the mountains of San Bernardino and San Clarita Valleys. The National Weather Service extended this warning until 5 o'clock tomorrow, saying that the strong winds and single-digit humidity is going to bring very critical fire weather conditions across much of L.A. and Ventura counties today. The uh, wind will continue to be a major factor. The Woolsey fire is only 30% contained. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The FDLE is joining with Attorney General Pam Bondi to assure Florida voters that they are actively monitoring the recount of votes in three statewide races for potential criminal activity. The FDLE issued a news release yesterday saying it's been in continuous contact with the Secretary of State's office and will vet and review any allegations of fraud or misconduct. FDLE says its agents and analysts in the Office of Executive Investigations, Miami Regional Operations Center, and the members of the Commissioner's Office are on the case. The agency is encouraging citizens to remain peaceful as the recount process continues. SpaceX is heading toward a satellite launch from Kennedy Space Center later this week. Last night, the first stage engines of a Falcon 9 rocket were test-fired at a historic launch pad. That would be 39A. The rocket is scheduled to blast off Thursday morning, or rather Thursday afternoon at 3.46 p.m. Eastern Time and to send a communications satellite into orbit for the Middle Eastern nation of Qatar. It'll be the first daytime launch from the Space Coast in more than six months. The new college football playoff rankings are coming out tonight, and UCF is hoping to move up. UCF is 9-0 and following last Saturday's win over Navy. UCF hosts Cincinnati this Saturday. They'll be there for the college game show as well. It's going to yeah. be great. College game day. Mm-hmm. Coming to our city. <laughs> Florida will be entertaining Idaho, Florida State. 
will host Boston College, and South Florida is at Temple. As you mentioned earlier, comic book legend Stan Lee is dead. The co-creator of heroes like Spider-Man, the Fantastic Four, X-Men, was rushed to the hospital yesterday morning where he then passed away. He's battled illnesses, uh, including pneumonia, in the last few years. He made it to the ripe old age of 95. Good on you, Mr. Lee. He started comic books at 1939 and got the whole company by the time he was 17. It's unbelievable. I mean, he created, you know, comic book characters that that created a multi-billion dollar movie industry that continues today. All the superheroes from Marvel. It's all Stan Lee. Well, Disney bought them out for about $4 billion a few years ago, and now they've probably tripled their money at this point. I don't have the actual figures, but... Uh, Lee was just incredible. Public face of the company shows up in the movies, you know, as this guy or that. And by the way, we honor him. He's the focus of our sound judgment game for a great prize later in the show. Oh, I look forward to that. And I look forward to the next beer from Blue Moon Brewmeister Keith Villa. It's going to be quite a different one than a typical alcoholic beverage. It's part of the Sierra Brewing Company. Villa is going to launch the Grain Wave Belgian Style Ale. It doesn't have any alcohol, but it does have five milligrams of THC. It'll be the first beer to have the ingredient instead of hemp, as with most cannabis-infused drinks. That's what gets you high on uh, marijuana. That gets you stupid, yes. Oh, jeez. Florida law prohibits the use of marijuana in alcoholic beer. So as you notice, I said there's no alcohol content in yeah. this beer. It mm-hmm. will debut in Colorado in mid-December with plans for release in Nevada and California as well. WFLA News Time, 637. I'm Melissa Fox in for Deborah Roberts, 93.1 WFLA. That's News Radio. You can get your stories and more on WFLAOrlando.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. Right, oh, as we bring in Gina Cervetti live from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City. My goodness, what a train wreck the markets were yesterday. The Dow down 600. Good Lord, tell us what happened and tell us it's not going to happen again today, Gina. Well, I can't tell you exactly what's going to happen, but I'm so sorry. However, I can tell you that the stock future sure do look a lot better, and it does look like we're headed for a higher Wall Street open this morning. Uh, The Dow futures right now up 139 points. But as you pointed out, it got very ugly pretty fast yesterday. As stocks started the week on a very sour note, we had tech shares weighing on the market. Apple was a lot of the catalyst here. Shares slumped on signs of weak iPhone demand. That, as you pointed out, sent the Dow tumbling 602 points for a decline of 2.3% to 25,387. The S&P was down 55, or about 2%, at 2726. The Nasdaq was down almost 3% for a decline of 206 points. Of course, the Nasdaq has a lot of tech companies in it. It settled in at 7201. The Bloomberg Orlando Index, in comparison, had a better day. It was down only 1.4%. And you're bringing us a disturbing angle on that recent deadly crash of a relatively new Boeing jetliner in Indonesia. What do you have on this this morning, uh, Gina? Well, but pilot union leaders at Southwest and American Airlines say the potential risks of a safety feature on Boeing's new 737 MAX were not sufficiently spelled out in their manuals or their training. This feature has been linked to the deadly Lion Air crash in Indonesia. Now, Boeing says it's confident in the safety of the 737 MAX and that safety is its top priority. And while the MAX design has been under scrutiny here since the crash, other factors are also under scrutiny, including questions about how maintenance was performed on that particular jet. And those disastrous, deadly wildfires still raging in Southern California and Northern California, and yet already here come the lawsuits, right, Gina? 
Yes, Edison International and PG&E may face lawsuits as early as this week, blaming them for the deadly fires raging through communities in California. Each utility has reported disturbances to its equipment close to the starting points of the devastating fires. Under California law, if the equipment is found to be the cause, the utilities can be held liable for property losses, even if they did not act negligently. All right, and finally, electric car makers want some help from the feds. What's going on here, Gina? Tesla and other car makers that are set to lose access to an electric vehicle tax credit are teaming up in a new drive to get this $7,500 per car incentive for buyers extended. It's called the EV Drive Coalition. It also includes General Motors and Nissan. It formally launches today. The incentive is capped at 200,000 vehicles per company. And a Bloomberg analyst says Tesla likely reached that limit back in July. GM is expected to reach the cutoff by the end of this year or early next year. We'll watch for it. As always, thank you so much for getting us up to date on the world of business and finance. Gina Cervetti, every morning at 635, live from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City. Have a great day. Catch you tomorrow, Gina. Thanks, bud. You too. We're rocketing into future worlds, so buckle up. How would you feel about your company implanting a microchip in your hand? Good news? Bad news. Get ready because this trend is unfolding and we're all going to have to confront it along the way. To Future World we go on implanted microchips right after we update Orlando's news, weather and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Now, Good Morning Orlando transports you from today to tomorrow and beyond. Prepare to be amazed as you enter Future World. And the future is closer than you think when it comes to the implanting in workers' hands of microchips using radio frequency identification technology, RFID, that really has been around for decades. Lots of companies in the UK are starting to do this. And in Sweden as well, and a few U.S. companies are doing it too. These tiny chips get implanted in the flesh between your thumb and your forefinger. Spread your, your, your hand out, okay? And, and, and in that little area of flesh, something a little bit bigger than a grain of rice would be implanted. And, um, and the idea would be that it would give... Uh, if, if this is done by employers, and, and so far the, it has not been mandated where they are doing this, it's been on a voluntary basis, and my question to you is, how would you feel about having your employer implant one of these microchips in your hand? The benefits that they say initially, because the technology could make a lot more things possible before too very long, it would allow you to open the door for your, you know, to identify yourself positively that you are supposed to be in the office, giving you access to the office. You could start your car with a wave of your hand. You could also store medical information as well. So there are positives here, and uh, we do know. That, um, that the medical field is looking at the benefits of implantable chips here um, that would uh, track a wearer's live vital signs. Um, you'd be able to store all kinds of medical information on one of these chips. Um, they can make GPS-enabled chips available as an 
as an option for families to track relatives who are suffering from severe dementia. We use these chips in our pets, you know, when the dog runs away. Now you can find the dog. You might never have found the dog before. It's the same principle. They'll put it in the dog's ear or something. They'll put it in that little piece of skin between your forefinger and your thumb. Um, They also say, hey, listen, this is something you could have your kids implanted with these microchips, and they'd really never get lost. You'd be able to find them. They'd be able to put these microchips on a mandatory basis into the hands of, of registered sex offenders. So you would really know where they are. But then the downside of it, Yaffe, is this. Would your employer, if you allowed yourself to have a microchip implanted in your hand, be then able to track you, your comings, your goings, know things about you when you're off the job that they have no right to know. And what about the idea that these could be hacked? You know, all kinds of upside, downside, like so much of new technology, you know? I mean, you, you, you look at it, I mean, the, the classic example is, you know, we have nuclear energy, and all of that can do to for the, a great power source and all the other blessings, and then you have nuclear bombs and the havoc they can wreak as well. So, This is starting up in some American companies, but more in Sweden and more in the U.K., and uh, it is controversial. Is it just a case that we need to get used to new technology here, and then we will embrace it, but at first, you know, we all recoil from change and something new? Um, Implantable chips, we're going to talk about it right now. Would you welcome this at your place of work or for some other reason in your family life? I gave you some of the benefits. I gave you some of the concerns about implantable microchips. This is something that is right on the cusp of becoming a very big thing. Do you embrace it or do you fear it? Let's talk. 407-916-5400. Text me at 23680 or standard message and data rate supply. We invite you to journey with us next time into Future World, where the wonders of tomorrow are revealed today. Looks like the wave of the future, implantable microchips here. And you know, Yaffe, implantable devices have been around for a long time, so if you're freaking out about having something foreign inside your body, I mean, you know, pacemaker surgery is, uh, you know, is... Oh, that's true. Standard, that's a good point. not not that big a deal. You know, my wife just had a couple of knee replacements in the last year. You know, that used to be impossible as well. That's now being embraced and is a is is tough. But I mean, it uh, it leads to good things. What about these implantable microchips that are now coming into vogue with some companies, particularly overseas, but on a limited basis here? I don't want one. That's what I know because I really do worry that they would track what you're doing off the job. I mean, that's that's the biggest fear I have. Even if they told you they would never use it in such <laughs> a way or it's not capable oh. of that. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, it seems kind of unnecessary, too, because like here and other jobs, we have badges that have microchips in the badge. What's wrong with that? You can mm-hmm. take it off when you're off the job. Why do you need it in pointed in your body? What about an implanted in a relative who wanders off with Alzheimer's? 
um, you know, uh, tracking your kids so you know where they are so they couldn't be abducted without you being able to find them. Can I tell you, I think there's going to be a lot more people okay with that in the coming generation because it's hard to argue against, you know, especially your elderly mother with Alzheimer's. All yeah. right. We got a spiritual angle here I had not considered that is being mm-hmm. reflected in multiple text messages you're monitoring. Yeah, I have like 10 text messages now that worry that this is the sign of the coming of the Antichrist or the mark of the beast. And every time these issues come up, I hear that. Revelation. Mm-hmm. Talking about the mark of the beast it will be used eventually against us. This is the devil at work. Yeah. Of course, people thought social security numbers were that as well, so... Scott, you're in Orlando. You were first on the line to weigh in on your take on implantable microchips. Good morning, bud. I think we need to practice this on the illegals. Um, you know, if they catch illegals coming in the border, we need to microchip them so when they come back, we know where they are. And also all these people on work visas and student visas that come over to our country and never leave. I think it'd be a great way to track them, and it'd be a great way to test the system. What if your um, boss came to you and said, um, "We're making available these implantable microchips right now. We'd like you to have one." How, what would I you say? I have the same opinion. Yappy is. Um, I think it's control over you and this and that. And if your boss doesn't trust you and this and that, you should find another job. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Dan raising an issue on implantable microchips. Good morning, you're on with the Bud Man from Maitland, Dan. Hi, how you doing, bud? Very well, sir. Nice uh, to have you with me. Yeah, you're a little bit wrong on the um, really the way the chips work. Okay, go there's ahead. Different types of chips. Number one, there's what's called a unique identifier chip, and that will be a unique identifier, usually like your social security number, and that will give you access to different to various databases. Okay. Uh, they don't really store any information beyond that, just because they're not big enough to store any information. So they don't actually store medical devices or medical information, but what they'll do is allow you access to the databases that have the medical information that you can access. Well, it's very interesting, and a couple of pretty scholarly pieces on this, they do talk about your entire medical history being able to be present and stored on a microchip of this kind. Again, everything that I've done, and I've done quite a few doctor's offices, it's just the identifier that gives you access to the database. But that's where we are now. The issue is, in the short-term future, they are suggesting that that is where we could go with this. How would you feel about that? Oh, I wouldn't do it. Uh, Again, I'm biblical in perspective, and Mm -hmm. I feel it's the mark of the beast. Got it. And then the other type of uh, microchip that they can implant is also one that has the GPS with it. And that's the one that the animals get today, right. and a lot of high-risk uh, people in third-world countries get implanted for kidnapping efforts. Well, somebody with Alzheimer's, for example, who keeps wandering off, and you know, and the family is just, it just, it, you know, at their wits' end about it, it might be appropriate in that regard, in your view. Uh, How about finding out probably, where your kids are if they get snatched? Well, again, if it's the mark of the beast, and you just uh, put mm. your kids with the mark of the beast, they don't have their option later in life to say, I don't want that. I see. Well, Uh, I suppose you could always remove it, you know? I mean, you can take it out. It's right there in that skin between your forefinger and your thumb. I'm out of time on this topic from Future World, but much to think about here as you make your way to work today. Top of the hour, Melissa in for Deb with our news. More on those Florida recounts ongoing and shoplifting 
and a hit and run. Good morning, Orlando, from the Front Gate Realty Studio from your cell, pound 250, keyword real estate. We are glad you're with us here on a Tuesday morning at 6.59. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Tuesday at 7 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Here and now for you on News Radio 93.1 WFLA-FM and AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. I'm Melissa Fox, and for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning, we're looking for a hit-and-run driver in Orlando, and we've got recount issues. We'll have more on that coming up in just one minute. What if Hillary decides to run for president again? Ah. My take and yours on that coming up on Good Morning Orlando. 703 on News Radio 93.1. U.S. Senator Bill Nelson is calling on Governor Rick Scott to recuse himself from any role in the recount of these votes in their Senate race. In a video news release, Mr. Nelson accused Scott of abusing his power as governor to try and undermine the voting process. And one fact is that Rick Scott isn't interested in making sure every lawful vote is counted. And the second is that he's using his power as governor to try to undermine the voting process. Scott held a slim 12,000-vote lead as the recount started, and Nelson said the governor is worried that when all the votes are counted, he'll lose the election. I think he is worried, and as well he should be. Hmm. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Investigators in Orange County are searching for the driver who hit a pedestrian outside of a grocery store and then took off. Ocoee police told News 13 in Orlando that someone driving a red and black four-door Nissan hit someone walking in the parking lot of Publix at West Colonial Drive just before 7 o'clock last night and then drove away. Now, the full story is that the passenger in the car stole a cart full of items, allegedly, from Publix, and the victim was just trying to keep the car from leaving. She was taken to Orlando Regional Medical Center with non-life-threatening injuries. However, both of her legs were broken. Oh, boy. Investigators believe the suspect hit the victim intentionally. In a related story to the recount, Common Cause and the League of Women Voters are suing in federal court to remove Governor Rick Scott from presiding over the voter recounts that are now underway. They accuse Scott of using the authority of his office to influence a recount by threatening officials in Broward and Palm Beach counties in order to advance his campaign for the U.S. Senate. Common Cause and the League of Women Voters also say Scott tried to force an investigation by the Florida Department of Law Enforcement when there is no evidence of criminal activity. That hearing on the lawsuit is scheduled for tomorrow. In South Florida, a man accused of mailing pipe bombs to more than a dozen high-profile Democrats and CNN is due in court today. A pre-trial hearing for Cesar Sayuk was originally scheduled for yesterday in federal court in New York City, but was moved back because they realized it was Veterans Day. The 56-year-old is charged with waging a domestic terrorist attack. The pipe bombs were addressed to former presidents Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, and former Vice President Joe Biden, among others. None went off. No one was injured. KFC is adding a Southern-style staple food to its menu. Customers can now purchase KFC's Extra Crispy Fried Chicken along with Mrs. Butterworth's maple-flavored syrup and Belgian-styled waffles. Ooh. Yes, the company's head chef, who knew, said they tested over a dozen different variations of waffles to find the perfect recipe. Now, the chicken and waffle combo meals are going to be available in a sandwich form also. Now, if you're looking to try it, don't wait too long. They'll only be available through the end of the year. 
Okay. Sounds good, though. Mm. I could be in for that I'm at in. least one time. We'll try it <laughs> once. You and me will go. WFLA News Time 707. You can read about fossilized dinosaur proteins and burnt toast. No, does not taste like chicken. That's online at WFLAOrlando.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Use your smart speaker. Tell Google Home to play News Radio 93.1 WFLA. And here you're going to hear about fossilized Democrats like Hillary Clinton, <laughs> Melissa. <laughs> Do you Nelson. believe those who know her well say she's a lock to run again for president of the United States? What do you think? I think that's an insider thing. I think it's someone that's been blowing a lot of uh, hot air up uh, Miss Clinton's. <laughs> because I don't think anybody else in the Democratic, sit, you know, high ups is thinking that Hillary Clinton is due. Well, I'll give you the sources on this in a moment, and I'll also explain why I couldn't be more excited about the prospect of Hillary running for office again. And I want to know what you think of it here in a moment. Along with Melissa Fox in for Deb, the Bud Man here, Yaffe at the controls, and Stephanie taking your phone calls. What about it? Will Hillary run again? If she does run again, is she going to be a winner or a three-time loser, which is a rarity in American politics when it comes to running for the presidency. 407-916-5400, toll-free 866-916-5400. Text me at 23680 if you like. Standard message and data rate supply. But first things first, make your wallet great again as our texting contest in its final week. You could win $1,000 cold cash on the spot. Listen for the keyword of the hour coming right up now. Then text that keyword immediately to 200-200 and good luck to you. That followed by our latest update on Orlando's news, weather and traffic, and of course that I-4 situation with all westbound lanes blocked at OBT. Stay tuned on Good Morning Orlando. Love talking politics with the most astute audience in talk radio. So let's talk about this article in the Wall Street Journal. Hillary will run again. And it is co-written by Mark Penn and Andrew Stein. Penn was a pollster and senior advisor to Bill and Hillary Clinton from 1995 to 2008. Stein is a former Democratic Manhattan Borough president and president of the New York City Council. Both are closely tied to Hillary and Bill Clinton. Okay, so this is more than idle speculation. Here is what they write in paragraph one in the Wall Street Journal. Get ready for Hillary Clinton 4.0. More than 30 years in the making, this new version of Mrs. Clinton, when she runs for president in 2020, will come full circle back to the universal health care promoting progressive firebrand of 1994. True to her name, Mrs. Clinton will fight this out until the last dog dies. She won't let a little thing like two stunning defeats stand in the way of her claim to the White House. She couldn't overcome Obama, the instant press sensation in 2008. She still is bitter over losing to Trump that she considers to be a rank amateur. She says she was robbed. She wants to go for the brass ring again. They write that Mrs. Clinton has a 75% approval rating among Democrats, has an unfinished mission to be the first female president, and a personal grievance against Mr. Trump, whose supporters pilloried her with chance of lock her up. And this, they write, in the mind of Hillary Clinton, must be avenged. That rest assured, one way or another, Hillary 4.0 is on the way. I could not be more excited. 
I hope somehow she blows everybody away in the Democrat primary process and somehow gets the nomination from the party that will have lost its collective minds if they nominate her. Because I think she is a loser. I think she will lose again and join very exclusive company. The last three-time loser of the presidency in this country, nominated by a major party, you have to go back to William Jennings Bryan in the late 1800s and in the early 1900s. She's a loser. The Democrat Party is replete with losers who want to take on Trump in 2020. It's almost like you have to lose to all of a sudden get your cred to somehow be the one to save the Democrats and to oust Trump from office. I mean, you got Beto O'Rourke, who lost his Senate race to um, Ted Cruz. Now he's the darling of the Democrats, and he's talking about running. He's a loser. Who else is running or wants to run? John Kerry, loser. Al Gore, loser. Um, Joe Biden, loser times two or three. Never drew flies running for president. Bernie Sanders, loser. And on it goes. And Hillary, the biggest loser of all. By the way, the first Democrat in the race for 2020 has announced he is Democrat Richard Ojeda. He failed to get elected last week for West Virginia's 3rd Congressional District. He, was, he lost by 13 points. So now all of a sudden, he's running for president. You know, I guess you got to be a loser. But let's talk about Hillary, shall we? I am thrilled at the prospect of her wanting to run again. Because I think it assures Trump of a second term. And I think the Democrats just want her to go away. Even more than the Republicans, frankly. Enough's enough. So I'm excited. I hope she does run. I hope she gets the nomination. She will get her clock cleaned. Trust me. 407 916 How do you greet the prospect that Hillary, according to these very closely allied writers to the Clintons, Mark Penn and Andrew Stein, is an absolute lock to take another shot at it? 407-916-5400. Can you say three-time loser? Or am I overconfident in that regard? How would you feel? Ladies, you looking for a female president? Is Hillary still the one? 407-916-5400. Toll free, 866-916-5400. Or hit the text line at 23680. I'll get Melissa in on this, and we'll get Yaffe and Steph in on it as well. But I haven't heard from you yet. Looks like Hillary's going to run again. What's your take on that and how it would play? We'll get to it. Yaffe uh, and Steph, and we'll get Melissa in on this. She just took a rundown of the newsroom here. I'm not sure what that's all about, but we'll find out um, on Hillary running again. And by the way, if the traffic reporter for some odd reason sounds to you as though she's saying that we spilled beans all over the highway, these are steel beams that are all over all lanes of I-4 westbound at OBT. These are not beans. These are steel beams from an overturned truck, and the westbound lanes are completely shut down on I-4 at OBT. Hillary. Uh, yes, I am not as confident as you are, bud. I I think Trump can beat her, no question. I think she's a terrible candidate. But you have to remember, she did win the popular vote 
by some 2 million votes. 3 million, actually. 3 million. And there's a lot of people who probably regret not voting because what happened is a lot of Democrats didn't show up to vote. Right. And this time they're going to be a little more energized to show up even for Hillary. And it'll be a make good sort of a scenario? Is that what you see Yeah, I mean, she lost the primary, but then she won the primary the next time. So the next step would be... Unfortunately, to win the presidency, which ugh. What about no it? Thanks. What about it, Steph? Hillary in 2020. I think it's a joke. I think her time, you know, she tried it once and it's not. So you'd be, you would embrace it because she'd be so beatable. Oh yeah, I think so. That'd be the point. Yeah. Now, Melissa, you hung around here instead of going back to the <laughs> newsroom, and I was going to go to you on this because you've had your eyes on some other Democrats. Females. Yes, possible uh, ones. But I know. ran out of here because all of a sudden I thought there were beans on the highway. No, 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 no. Oh, <laughs> Steel beams. Oh, okay. Boy, all right. No, silly no. All right. Yeah. So what, what's your thought on Hillary? Is she viable in 2020? No. And I don't think anybody wants that. Matter of fact, from what I'm listening and hearing uh, said about Democrats and possibles, no one wants anybody. None of the people. and Nobody and, wants anybody? Nobody wants anybody. I got to run anybody, no, right? So Trump it. will take it by default. You know, <laughs> you know who really worries me, actually? Michelle Obama. Well, I think she would be a formidable candidate. Coming up in a, in a news story this morning, a little bit later on, I'm going to talk about her book that comes out, and I, I think she's posturing. I think you're right. She might well be, even though she said she'll never run, but we've well, heard that from a lot of people. That. They all do. <laughs> I'll tell you, on some of the lists, Elizabeth Warren among the Democrats is most favored among the women, <laughs> and Kamala Harris, the left-wing um, California senator like as her. well. I like Kamala Harris I don't a know. little bit. but I, I'm not a fan of her she, at all, for God's sake. She's kind sakes. of, though, you're right, but because she's perched on top committees and then taking it to the Trump administration, yeah, I, you know, the yeah. Kavanaugh stance. Uh, yeah, okay. When so. you say you like her you're just thinking that she might be viable as a candidate. I like her as a possible one to give somebody to vote for but you know against Trump yeah I think I like that yeah one. and and you also raised a great a great one out there too who is really quite appealing in many ways even though she's an unabashed liberal is um is uh, Tulsi Gabbard from Gabbard. Hawaii yeah she, she brings a lot to the table and she's not as annoying and obnoxious as as Harris and uh, the likes of Elizabeth Warren, she's not to speak of Hillary. Very well spoken. She's got a military background, and she's from Hawaii. So, you know, I mean, give them a chance. Let's go to Olin in Palm Bay on Hillary running again. What about it, Olin? Hey, good morning to you, bud. I think Hillary will run again, and she'll be a formidable opponent. She got 63 million votes in 2016, and she'll, she has those in her pocket today. She will try to correct the mistakes she made by not concentrating on the heartland, Wisconsin, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and so forth. Do you think she has the stamina four years older than she was to make it through the primary season and to face down Trump? But uh, health issues is the only thing that will hold her back. All right. Thank you. We will see. Time to get you up to date on the news. And, yeah, it's miserable driving I-4 this morning with a shutdown of the westbound lanes at OBT from the overturned truck with the steel beams. But it is nothing like folks are dealing with on the West Coast, the California wildfires. You've got an update for us now, Melissa. I sure do, bud. Northern California's Camp Fire now stands alone. It's the deadliest wildfire in their state's history. The death toll climbed to 42 yesterday after recovery teams found 13 more bodies. The Camp Fire overtakes the 1933 Griffith Park Fire. It's now the deadliest on record in the state. 
Fire officials say the fire north of Sacramento grew to at least 117,000 acres and is now only 30% contained. About 52,000 people remain evacuated and more than 1,300 are in shelters. The Butte County Sheriff said more search and rescue teams and cadaver dogs are being requested to find more fire victims. A lot of these people were just incinerated. It's hard to even imagine what they went through. Someone who narrowly escaped that fate. You'll hear from her in our 8 o'clock hour. It is a compelling story coming up in less than an hour. By the way, President Trump has finally approved a major disaster declaration for California. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Former Florida Governor Jeb Bush is calling for the removal of Broward County's supervisor of elections. That's a woman he appointed to that position back in 2003. Bush tweeted yesterday that Brenda Snipes failed to comply with Florida law on multiple counts, undermining Floridians' confidence in our electoral process. He joins other Republicans, including Governor and U.S. Senate candidate Rick Scott, attacking Snipes as votes are recounted in the race for Senate governor and agriculture commissioner. In rejecting Scott's lawsuit seeking to have Broward voting machines impounded, a judge said yesterday that he's seen no evidence of wrongdoing in the ballot counts. Mm. George Zimmerman, I'm sorry. Yeah, we're keeping our eye on it here, (laughs) a wary eye, I might add. And he's back. George Zimmerman's latest encounter with the law is the subject of a court hearing scheduled today in Seminole County. He's charged with misdemeanor stalking for making numerous threats against a private investigator who was working on a documentary about the Trayvon Martin shooting. Authorities say Zimmerman's threats via email, voicemail, and text allegedly included feeding investigator Dennis Warren to an alligator. A threat he also made against the documentary's producer, rapper Jay-Z. Zimmerman is expected to plead no contest. 45... Quality man. Yes, a great guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. About 45% of all... I'm sorry, you made me laugh. Was... I'm sorry. I'm, it just, you know, it never ends with him. <laughs> He's such a hound for publicity. Go away. 45% of all U.S. adults are single, and the average date now costs over $100. That's according to Wallet Hub. They released their 2018 report. It's the best and worst cities for singles. There are 100, yeah. 182 cities were cited. Atlanta, Georgia, Denver, Colorado. Uh, those are the uh, spots where singles have the highest chance of finding love. At the bottom of the list, Pembroke Pines, Florida. <laughs> Pembroke Pines. What? I don't know. Really? Yes. Yeah, so Detroit has the highest share of singles at almost 74%. Fremont, California as the lowest at only 38% single. Another kooky wallet hub survey. Mm-hmm. Central Florida's first drive through marijuana dispensary opens this week. When in need, just drive through for weed. Now, this is locally, right, isn't it? It's at Semeron Boulevard, yeah. North Semeron. It had a soft opening. It's Cura Leaf's new medical marijuana dispensary. Had a soft opening on Friday. They're going to be doing the grand opening on Thursday. They already have one in place in Palm Harbor. But so. this one is the drive-through. Yes. That's the feature that's unique, kind of mm-hmm. like you know going to a burger joint or something. We remember right? when you used to have the drive-through liquor stores and packies. Yeah, I do remember that. I do remember yeah, that. that. Of course, this is all brand new with the amendment that passed on medical marijuana. Um, very interesting. Did you know that if you have a medical marijuana certificate, you cannot carry a weapon legally? No, I did not know that. Now you do. Is that true? Yes, sir. No kidding. Initially, Melissa. it was just supposed to be concealed. There will be no concealed permits, but now you cannot carry a gun. If you are a medical marijuana certificate holder. That's interesting. But if you drink all day, knock yourself out. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, you know, no restriction there. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. WFLA News time is 738. I'm Melissa Fox in for Deborah Roberts, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. You can get these stories and more. WFLAOrlando.com is the website. The uh, second hour? (laughs) 
<laughs> continues now of Good Morning Orlando. You would be right. Okay. Yes, we Yay. do three, and this would be our number two. Thank uh, you, Melissa, very much. <laughs> Good Morning Orlando rolls off in the Frontgate Realty Studio from your cell pound 250 keyword real estate. Hey, once a day, every day, we play the sound judgment game for a great prize. We're going to honor the man who created the Marvel Comics empire the now late Stan Lee, in our sound judgment game. And you can win a great prize. You're going with your whole family on us to the incredible, great seasonal event known as the Festival of the Trees here in Orlando. You're going to want to win this. The only way to have a shot is to be quick and get on the 50,000-watt front porch by calling me now, 407-916-5400, 5400. This is a great event. If you've never been, you're absolutely going to love it. 407 916 5400. Toll free 866 916 5400. Corporate rules you're eligible to win sound judgment no more than once every 30 days. So if you've won very recently on the honor system, please give others a chance to take the phone slots. 407 916 5400 sound judgment right after we update Orlando's news weather and traffic for you and I'll do that in just 2 minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Yaffe, before we play sound judgment, I've got to pose a question. I'm looking at the aerial shots of the flatbed truck and its overturned load of steel beams all across all the westbound lanes of I4 by OBT. Totally blocked since we came on the air this morning, going on two hours, up and down the 21 miles of the ultimate I-4 project where they're redoing the interstate through Metro Orlando, you have major construction vehicles, cranes all over the place. Somehow it begs the question, couldn't we get one of those big pieces of equipment that can move steel beams up on to the interstate from the next exit, get it down there and drag these suckers off the highway. Why does it take so long to get that done? In Budtopia, it would have been done already. Yes, it yes. would be. Now, I know I'm not a construction expert, but come on. It isn't like, well, you know, we're going to have to send out to Tampa. We ain't got anything like that here. You got 21 miles of these doggone major <laughs> pieces of equipment and cranes yeah, all over the know. place. I mean, easy access. Come on. How is that not happening? I don't get it. Maybe somebody can enlighten me. But don't call now because all the lines are jammed. If you want to text me on that, 23680, uh, you can do it. I'm, I'm just saying, you know. All right, let's play sound judgment. Steph, what about this really cool prize as the Christmas season comes fast upon us? Yes, that's right, bud. So today we have a great four-pack of tickets to the Festival of Trees at the Orlando Museum of Art at Lock Haven Park now through November 18th. This year's event is designed with the theme, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. The Orlando Museum of Art will showcase designer Christmas trees of all sizes, custom hand-designed wreaths, a table decor, a gingerbread village, tabletop displays, and much more. Each piece is also designed by Orlando's finest designers and available for purchase. It is spectacular. There is nothing like the Festival of Trees. Take your family. You're going on us. It's a family four-pack. What a prize. Are you ready? We have lost a pop culture icon, Stan Lee. The comic book writing genius has died at the age of 95. Lee created Marvel Comics superheroes ranging from Spider-Man to the Hulk to Iron Man, the X-Men, Captain America, and countless more. 
characters which have spawned a multi-billion dollar movie empire that is still going strong. Well, years ago, Lee started writing a column on comic books and always had the same one-word sign-off at the end of his columns. He's become famous for it. He was even included in cameo roles in some of the superhero movies saying this word. To his dying day, Stan Lee was associated with this one word. For our sound judgment game, just tell me that word. Get it right, you win. And then, together, we will hear Stan Lee say the word by request at a recent comic book convention. Stan Lee, he's left us, but his work will endure forever. And so will his association with this one word. Do you know what it is? If you don't, it's pretty easy to Google it, I can tell you. I'm just trying to help here. Line one, what's the word? Whoopity-doo. No, no, not even close. Whoopity-doo? No, it's not whoopity-doo. It's much cooler. (laughs) Much cooler than that. Line four, what's the word Stan Lee was associated with? Congratulations. No, no, no. Uh, Yaffe warned me we may be here a while for this one. Line three, what's the word? What's the word? Hello? What's the word, line three? Shazam. No! That's pretty cool, but that's not it. Line two, what's the word? Go ahead, line two. Excelsior. Oh, that sounds pretty good. Yaffe, let's verify that. Let's go to that comic convention with Stan Lee. Excelsior! Oh, Someday I'll find out what that means. (laughs) Turns out, translated from Latin, Excelsior means ever upward, which was his signature sign-off from his columns. I'm glad somebody was able to get it here because I don't know what was going to happen if you didn't come by. Congratulations, my friend. You've won our our prize on Sound Judgment. Awesome. Thank you, Mary. Are are, are you a fan of of Stan Lee's work? Oh, yeah. How can you not be? And you have a favorite superhero that he created? Oh, I guess the old Spider-Man is probably the best. Yeah, it's hard to beat Spider-Man, but the rest of them are great, too. How did you know Excelsior? I've heard it from him from, for a long time. It's a, <laughs> a great word to live by. Yeah, it was great to hear, and the reaction he got from all of the uh, Stan Lee fans at the comic book convention. What's your first name? Corey. K-O-R-E-Y. C-O-R-E-Y? And yep. where, where's home for you? What town? Altamont Springs. Great to have you with us from just up the road, Corey. Don't go away. You've got a great prize coming, and Stephanie will work it out with you off the air. Okay, Corey? Thank you. Thank you very much for being a part of our show, and congratulations. Play that again, Yaffe. Can we do that heading into the break here? I love this. This is great. Excelsior! (laughs) Someday I'll find out what that means. God rest his soul, Stan Lee, gone at age 95, but Bo's superheroes will never die. In a moment, an update on Orlando's news, weather and traffic, followed by the Rush Morning Update here on Good Morning Orlando. Yeah, if you were watching the, um, the monitor here on Fox here, and they're running some highlights, you know, with Stan Lee over the years of the comic books that he created and the movies that they, that they spawned. Are you a big fan of any particular Stan Lee 
character? Ooh, that's a good question. I've always liked Spider-Man. Yeah, I think everybody does. I really like the X-Men, though. I used to watch the cartoon of the X-Men and Spider-Man growing up. Yeah. Never really read the comics too much, but love the movies and the cartoons. He was so prolific, you know, with this. He was an illustrator um, for the Army back in, in World War II. You know, he goes back yeah. so far as 95 years old. They, they say he, at, for a long period of time, he generated... Just for his own interest, I guess, a comic book a day, every single day for, like, years. He would just crank them out. Wow. I mean, he could come up with the storylines. He could come up with the illustrations. Like, I was an absolute genius and a true legend. And really very personable, too. Wasn't some kind of a closet case geek. I mean, he was fun, Stan Lee. And he made a cameo in every Marvel movie. It's going to be weird not having that now. No, it will be. And and Excelsior was heard on more than one occasion, too. Yeah, absolutely. Why can they not get the steel beams off the westbound lanes of I-4 at OBT in a more timely fashion? I mean, they got cops all over the place. They got the entire westbound lane shut down through the rush hour here, yet they have heavy equipment that is so nearby because of the ongoing I-4 Ultimate project. It's hard for me to understand why they can't get some kind of a... uh, a heavy-duty piece of equipment in there to one-by-one one haul those beams off the side of the road and open the interstate. I don't understand why that's taking so long. It doesn't make any sense. Anybody weighing in on that very question I posed earlier in the half hour? Yeah, and this person actually seems pretty knowledgeable. It says, cranes are too complex, requires permits and inspections to allow cranes to operate, also requires an adequate platform to stabilize a crane. Well, how about right out in the middle of the interstate? On the concrete, that seems to me it ought to be enough. And you've got qualified operators, some of whom were probably reporting for their shift this morning. Well, it might be too heavy for the concrete. You don't want to ruin the road. Oh, man. I could see maybe a bulldozer or something like that. But like I said, this is so out of my expertise. My dad would know, but not me. Well, get your dad on the phone. (laughs) I want the answer to this question. If anybody else can explain to me why we have to wait so long with all that equipment around, with professional operators right close at hand to get these darn steel beams off of here? What about a giant tow truck, you know, and a hook? And one by one, you haul them out of there. I don't know. I'm just saying. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Tuesday edition of our show at 8 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Here and now for you on News Radio 93.1 WFLA-FM and AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. I'm Melissa Fox. In for Deborah Roberts. Our top stories this morning. Incumbent Senator Bill Nelson wants Governor Rick Scott to remove himself from the recount process. We'll have this story and more in just moments coming up. Big time gun control in the works from the Democrats. We are talking about it next on Good Morning Orlando. 804 on News Radio 93.1. Democratic incumbent Bill Nelson is calling on Republican Rick Scott to recuse himself in his role as governor as the recount continues in their tight U.S. Senate race. He's worried when all the votes are counted, he'll lose the election. But it's also obvious that Scott cannot oversee this process in a fair and impartial way. Scott is now leading Nelson by about 12,000 votes. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A judge has rejected Governor Rick Scott's bid to have vote tabulation equipment in Broward County impounded by law enforcement. Recounts are underway in three statewide races, including Scott's bid to win Bill Nelson's U.S. Senator seat. At an emergency hearing yesterday, Circuit Judge Jack Tudor 
urged lawyers to come up with a plan to add more sheriff's deputies to oversee the vote counting process. He also called on both sides to ramp down their rhetoric, saying he sees no evidence of wrongdoing in the ballot count. The Sarasota County School District is apologizing and doing an investigation into a controversial video that was shown to students at Pine View High School. The video was produced by Planned Parenthood and included footage of several couples making out, including men being intimate with other men and women with women. The district says the video was not approved before being shown. Investors will keep a close eye on Wall Street this morning. They've had a rough start so far to the trading week. The Dow Jones dropped more than 600 points as Apple led a tech industry route. The company's shares dropped after a company that makes technology for the iPhone's face recognition function cut its outlook for fiscal second quarter of 2019. U.S. intelligence officials believe North Korea is still developing its ballistics missile system. NBC News is reporting that missile development is going on at several undeclared military sites across their country. The sites were first revealed in analysis by Middlebury Institute of International Studies. Later, they were confirmed by U.S. officials. Yeah, it's interesting because the North Koreans canceled a trip with Secretary of State Mike Pompeo that was scheduled very shortly here. So it looks like they are up to no good. We'll follow it. Yes. Thankfully, they haven't tested a missile in about a year. Well, that's the good news, uh, you know, and, and, and Trump engaging them as he has is the reason for that. I agree. Sandra Bullock is donating $100,000 to help evacuate and care for animals threatened by the deadly wildfires in California. The actress gave the money to the Humane Society of Ventura County, where the Hill and Wolsey fires have forced thousands to evacuate. Mass evacuations often leave a lot of animals behind, and the money will go to help care for everything, from horses to ducks. Hollywood, as you've been talking about, is mourning the loss of comic book legend Stan Lee, the co-creator of Marvel Comics Superheroes. All kinds of celebrities are coming out paying tribute, including Hugh Jackman, who wrote that there will never be another Lee. Boy, is that ever true. WFLA News Time is 8.07. You can read more about celebrity reactions to the passing of Marvel icon Stan Lee online at WFLAOrlando.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando is right now. Starting. Go. Do it. You're never more than 10 minutes away from the latest news, weather, and traffic. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Thank you, Melissa. I'm in the starting gate, and we are ready to go. And you want to be with us here for what the Democrats are up to as they prepare to take control of a house, all right? They are salivating over brand-new aggressive gun control legislation. I'll tell you what they plan, but I'm also going to tell you why you don't need to worry about it if you're pro-Second Amendment as I am. And then something that um, I grabbed at the last minute because I thought it was so compelling you know, all those people who were just incinerated in those fires uh, in, in Northern California, you're going to hear from one woman who very nearly suffered that fate. It is a harrowing tale of miraculous survival later in this half hour. Please plan to be with us if you possibly can stay that long. First of all, it's our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest last week. You can still win $1,000 cold cash. Listen now for the keyword of the hour. Text that keyword to 200-200, and we wish you good luck. The keyword, followed by an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, here in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines, House Democrats planning aggressive gun control push as they prepare to regain control of the House of Representatives. This reported by the conservative Washington Examiner. And if you don't read that online, I recommend the WashingtonExaminer.com to you heartily. 
Uh, and here is what they write. After that mass shooting at a California bar last week that claimed a dozen lives, Democrats have decided to shift briefly away from prioritizing several investigations into the Trump administration and President Donald Trump and focus instead on trying to pass strict gun control measures, including what? Including universal background checks, a national ban on high-capacity magazines, a ban on assault-style weapons, and a provision that would allow law enforcement to temporarily confiscate weapons from individuals deemed a threat to themselves or others. Yaffe, it strikes me as rather curious that everything on the laundry list, the wish list of the liberal Democrats to undermine our Second Amendment gun rights, there isn't a thing on there that I can find, correct me if I'm wrong, that if implemented would have made it impossible for the carnage to have occurred at the borderline bar and grill in Thousand Oaks, California last week. No, you're exactly right there. I mean, that that's one of the issues that Republicans keep bringing up. All this stuff they want to do isn't going to stop it. I mean, a ban on assault-style weapons, whoops, he used a pistol. Uh, A ban on high-capacity magazines, well, under the category of the bad guys will always get the guns, he had that kind of magazine attached to his pistol so he could fire off more rounds than he otherwise would have been able to without having to pause to reload. Guess what? Not only did he obtain the gun legally in the state of California, where they have very tough gun control laws, um, he used a high-capacity magazine, even though those magazines are banned in the state of California. Okay? So here we go again. Now, here is the deal. Why you don't have to worry about this? Because of the expanded majority in the United States Senate held by Republicans and a very strong pro-Second Amendment president. They are going nowhere with this kind of um, of gun control. But that is what they are proposing to put out there as soon as they get control of the House in January, Mike. Well, they're going nowhere for now. But we have to be vigilant because if the Democrats ever take the Senate and the presidency, they're going to push for it. No question. No question. And, and we will remain vigilant. But I'm saying with the current... Yeah. Political situation here and configuration of Congress and and the and the reality that President Trump, you know, has hopefully another six years in the White House. Um, you know, anything like that would have to pass both the House and the Senate right. and be signed off on by the President of the United States. So for now and the short term foreseeable future, they're going nowhere with this stuff. But if you hear about it, I wanted you to know what the Democrats think they're going to get done that they are not. Have you been following the um, the literal hell on earth that is parts of North and South Carolina, forgive me, Northern and Southern California with these wildfires? I mean, the entire town of Paradise in Northern California that once was paradise for so many has been wiped off the map, Just and people have been incinerated in their homes and in their cars. What was it like to try and survive that? I um I check out what the uh, what the left is up to all the time because I have to know you know you keep your friends close and your enemies closer right so I'm watching CNN yesterday afternoon and Brooke Baldwin's show from two until four and they bring on a nurse with a harrowing story of narrowly escaping the fate of all of those people who were literally burned to death burned alive it's extraordinary. Her story is not unique, but it is compelling, 
and I want to share aspects of it with you here in just a moment. And I will. A woman by the name of Nicole Jolly, from whom you are about to hear and stay close to the radio, you're going to want to be with me for every second of the two and a half or so minutes with Nicole Jolly. She is a survivor just by a whisker, a miraculous tale of harrowing terror and survival. Nicole Jolly is a wife, a mother of three, lives out in paradise, which was ground zero for that big wildfire driven by those strong Santa Ana winds. She's also a nurse. And last Thursday morning, Nicole was working at the hospital 7.30 in the morning, treating patients, unaware that the flames were creeping toward her. Suddenly, there was an alert that the big fire was closing in. The flames then jumped a canyon, separating the hospital from the fire, and the medical staff were ordered to get patients out of the building ASAP and then flee themselves. She said, we packed them in every vehicle possible, the patients, newborn babies, and a lot of elderly as well. One of the doctors that eventually escaped had to finish a surgery and then get that patient out, too. It took about 20 minutes to clear the hospital. They all got in their cars. She jumped in hers, other nurses in theirs, and took off trying to flee, only to be met with gridlock traffic as the flames closed in all around them. Nicole Jolly was driving when she was rear-ended, and her car pushed into a ravine. The car was, was stuck and filling with dense black smoke. Orange glowing flames everywhere she looked. Jolly got on the phone with her husband, who told her to run for her life. I called him because my car was completely surrounded by flames, and I couldn't see out the window, and I started to fill up with with smoke. And I called him, and I said, Nick, I'm going to die, and I'm not going to make it out of here. There's just flames everywhere, and I don't know how to, I don't know what to do. And he said... Don't die. Run. If you're going to die, die fighting. You have to run. And so I jumped out of my car in the middle of these flames and ran. There was no oxygen in the air. The fire was just consuming it. And we were just, I was just gasping. And I put my hand out and I closed my eyes because the ash was so hot and there was just embers flying in my eyes. It was burning me. I held my hand out and I ended up touching the back of a fire truck. And I got over to the side of the fire truck, knocked on the doors. The stickers were melting off this truck. And two firemen came out and picked me up and put me into their fire engine and put a fire blanket on the windows. And it was just amazing. I thought, okay, I'm safe. I can live in here, right? Because this is what they go through. This is what they do. And then they called for air support, and they said, that's impossible. We can't get air support. And he said, we need air support. We're not going to make it. And I just thought, what do you mean? What do you mean we're not going to make it? This, is, this, this isn't happening. I can't leave now. They won't let me leave this fire engine. My husband told me to run. I was going to run. I can't leave. And so I, I ended up looking out of the fire blankets, and there was a dozer. And this dozer just came out of nowhere and cleared a path. And he saved all of us. He saved everybody's lives. Those dozer operators are incredible. And they just, they deserve to be the heroes in this story because they just cleared a path and they made way for us. And we were able to get back to the hospital and help patients that started showing up at the hospital. 
When we got back to the hospital, I just, I had to keep working. You know, I had to stay busy. And I'm trained to be a nurse, and I'm trained to help people. And that's what I do, and that's what Karen Davis does. And all of our staff that was at the hospital, we just, we worked, and we just stayed busy. And we didn't think about ourselves and our possessions that we just lost and anything else. We just help these people and you know, that's what that's what nurses do. Wow. Yaffe, have you ever heard anything more harrowing and terrifying than the story of nurse Nicole Jolly's narrow escape from the fate of all the others incinerated in the Northern California wildfire? Yeah, I mean I told you in the break it was Probably the most terrifying story I've ever heard in my life. I mean, you don't, you don't really think something like that could ever happen to you, and mm-hmm. it happened to too many people over there. Yeah, when CNN stays away from the partisan politics, they can do some legitimate reporting. This was from CNN, and have you posted the video on the website? Yeah, WFLAOrlando.com. Click on the Good Morning Orlando tab at the top of the page. It's an extraordinary story, isn't it, Melissa? It is, and in my news coming up, I'm going to give you some takeaways. I have a lot going on in my mind when it comes to the state of California, the evacuation rescue efforts, things like that. Melissa's back with a news update right now and a further focus on those horrible wildfires, those devastating, catastrophic and deadly wildfires in California. Yeah, but one of the takeaways from the fires is that wherever you are, you really should plan your escape routes in advance just in case of disaster. See, one of the biggest problems with the camp and the Woolsey fire has been just that. There were very few options for fleeing residents. And in Paradise, California, a lot of people discovered the only roads leading out of their town were blocked. Now, in Malibu, the fires are jumping over the 101 freeway. The only way to get out was to go south, which is very slow and crowded even on a good day. Oh, and by the way... Uh, The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Now, if you're not from California or you're not familiar with the lay of the land, you might think the whole state's on fire. It isn't. Or that maybe it's just affecting a small area, which is not true either. The fire did affect a massive area, but the L.A. area is even more massive. You could have, and probably most of them there, are living their days normally without even thinking about the fire. But if you're in Malibu, Thousand Oaks, Bell Cannon, or any of those other directly affected areas, it's a whole different ball game. Now, smoke is causing bad air quality all over the state of California, and that's no news for us Central Floridians. We get it. Whenever there's a big fire, everything ends up smelling like an ashtray. And- yeah, we remember the wildfires of 98 in oh, particular goodness. here. Phew, it was nasty. And breathing outdoors is tough, too. So if you're not in the literal fire, your roads are open, everything's normal. The smoke is, of course, a reminder that things really aren't. KFC, on a good note, is adding a Southern-style staple food to its menu. Customers, you can now purchase KFC's extra crispy fried chicken along with Mrs. Butterworth's maple-flavored syrup and Belgian-style waffles. The company's head chef said they tested over a dozen different variations of waffles. They found the perfect recipe. It's only going to be available for a little time now, I think uh, through the end of the year. So if you're looking to try it, get out there and do it. All right, the colonel's got a new a new deal going there. He's yes. the waffle king. All right. Former First Lady Michelle Obama's new memoir titled Becoming hits store shelves today. Now, in the memoir, the First Lady, former First Lady, excuse me, gives a brutally honest opinion on the current president. She's going to be kicking off a 10-city U.S. book tour tonight in Chicago. That's where she grew up. She made mention that she reached the handout to Melania Trump, and Melania hasn't 
Melania. Called back. Melania said, uh, you know, and her, apparently a, a spokesperson said, you know, the reason that she didn't respond to uh, Michelle's. Got a team. No, she said, I've got my own people here yeah, if I have issues internally she here. She doesn't need to call so, her. And, and it wasn't a blow off, you know. And no. I, you said earlier, you think uh, Michelle ultimately has ambitions to run for president in 2020. I believe and it's And this posturing. is essentially the kickoff for that. Yes. If not, it's definitely the setup for the 2020 Democratic situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something about driverless cars you probably didn't think about. <laughs> People may be using them for mobile sex, even prostitution. Oh, come on. Mm. Or the hourly no-tell motel. It's likely vehicles will be in engineered to discourage this, but you know people, the humans are humans, they are going to try it anyway. WFLA news time is 8.37. I see a disapproving look over there. No, I'm just <laughs> freaked out by it. It's kind of, you know, anyway. Well, it was a kicker. I'm Melissa Fox, in for Deborah Roberts, who probably would have liked that story, too. I think she would. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. You can find these stories and a lot more WFLAOrlando.com. Third hour of Good Morning Orlando continues right now. All right, thanks very much. I appreciate it, Melissa. And before you go, before yes, you go here, I mean, you know, we've all been, you know, in the workplace, and most of the people listening right now either are or have been. Does it ever bother you that you keep on hearing the same office jargon, the same, the same trite business phrases in the workplace? I uh, mean, that, that, that just drive you crazy. For example? Oh, uh, I don't know. Let's circle back. Oh, Lord. I uh, hear that all the time from the sales force down there. Bottom line. I have a question for him there. Oh, I don't know. I'll circle back with them. I don't even know what that means, you know. Nailing jello to a wall. You know, we always have the elephant <laughs> in the room. I think we need another animal, you know, some Ooh. other big animal, a T-Rex or a hippo or something. I'm tired of the Ooh, elephant in the you, room. Oh, you got to be careful about the hippo. Somebody might take offense. Or oh, well, yeah. You, so, you... Some, yeah, you may well be right, you know. But, but, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. I have a whole list of them here. Synergy is a big word, uh, right? We'll just talk about having synergy, right? Uh, you know, the old ones like run it up the flagpole uh, and see, and see if it waves, waves right? Yeah. yeah. And we got to touch base and we got to loop you in. I mean, does it make you crazy? In your working world, is there is there one or two of these workplace phrases that make you absolutely nuts, totally overused, totally irritating by people who are sounding trying to sound cooler than they are, you know, and hip and up on what's going on. Yeah, it does yeah. me. I know I that bottom line is was a phrase that I kept hearing over and over and over when I was a general manager of a nightclub. Bottom line, every time I oh, heard yeah, it, just yeah. Are there any like that? I got twist. a whole list of them right here. I'd love to get yours. Text me with an irritating word or phrase from the office that you have heard entirely too much of at 23680. Standard message and data rate supply. Uh, hit the toll free at 866-916-5400 or, of course, the regular phone line, 407-916-5400. Let's lighten up here as we go out on a very, very busy Tuesday morning here with the most irritating office buzzwords that drive you and your colleagues nuts. If you got one, love to hear it. I've got a whole bunch of them I'll share with you in a moment, 407-916-5400 or text me at 23680. We'll get to that right after we get to this. An update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic coming here in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. They feel they can't bring in one of those big cranes that are up and down the I-4 Ultimate Project. Pretty close access for whatever reason. Seems to me a heavy-duty tow truck ought to be enough, one at a time with a hook to pull them off the side of the road so the doggone traffic can continue. 
no idea what's going on here. Normally, you get hour after hour of an I-4 shutdown because you got some kind of criminal investigation going on here, which does not at all appear to be the case. But back to more enjoyable things right now. Um, I think we can all relate to this. A list of the most cringeworthy, overused phrases at the office. Have you got one or two or three? 407-916-5400. Yaffe, what's coming in on the text line on this? Got a lot of interesting ones on the text, some that I could definitely agree with. One person agrees with you that circle back is pretty annoying. I don't know what that is. It sounds so cool when the sales department says, you know, I'll get back with, I'll circle back with a client and talk to you. And No, just, no, I'll call the client. What does mm-hmm. circle back mean? What does that mean? You kind of sneak out and go around <laughs> so they can't see you and then come in behind them, you know, yes. so they don't know you're there. And then I'll report back to you what they're doing. I'll circle back. <laughs> Give me a break. That's the one that gets me. Go ahead. Here, here's one. Uh, there's a lot to unpack. That's one somebody hears oh, a lot. Oh, yes. We're always unpacking. You know, I mean, what are we going on a trip here? Or are we just trying to answer a question at work? <laughs> Give me a break. Had a lot, I had a couple people say um, one that it is what it is. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I can't stand that one. That almost sounds a little Clintonian. It depends on what the meaning of this is. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. Oh, I hate that, that one. That means you just accept things. You can't change it. You know? Yep. I get sick of that one, too. I don't like that. That's a good one. I didn't have that on my list. What else? Anything else? Uh, yeah, I got a bunch. Another A uh, couple people said reach out to you or let me reach out. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll call you. I'll talk to you. That'll work. Another one said, uh, what's your takeaway? A couple people said takeaway. What's your takeaway? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's your takeaway? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's amazing. You know, and it's just, what is it? What? What? It, why do people use these phrases when there's other simpler way to say these things? Just because they sound cool. They sound authoritative. They sound, I don't know, in command. What is the deal, Yaffe? What's going on here with these people? I don't know. Sometimes I think we just hear them a lot and repeat them. That's it, you know. But I think there is an authoritarian, authoritative, sorry, aspect to it. You sound like you know what you're doing, even when you don't have a clue. Mm -hmm. That's what's going on with these people. I'm convinced half the time when they dress up their, uh, you know, their jargon in the office place. There's a list of 40 of them here, and I'm just going to give you the ones that I actually highlighted here that make me a little bit crazy because I've heard them all. Give 110%. You know, you give your all, that should be 100%, right? But now 110%, okay, more than that. Think outside the box. Throw them under the bus. Pushing the envelope. Let's circle back. It's a win-win situation. Or, of course, a no-win situation. Synergy. We all have to have synergy. We all work together. That one drives me crazy. Synergy. Yeah, there you go. Take it to the next level. Okay? Just the next level. You don't want to go all the way to the top. Just one level up is enough, all right? All right. Uh, Let's ballpark this. You know, we don't want to get really specific. I don't know. We'll just kind of generally talk about something to get nothing done. Run this up the flagpole. The elephant in the room. I'm campaigning for another animal. I want something else in the room beside an elephant, okay? It's the best thing since sliced bread. They sliced bread 100 years ago. We're still using that. Isn't there anything that has come along since then that is far superior to sliced bread, Yaffe? We need an update here. I do like sliced bread, though. Yes, but aren't there other <laughs> things that have come along? You know? know. Okay, guess not. We've got to touch base. We've got to play hardball. We've got to be kept in the loop, and I'll loop you in. <laughs> 
Everybody yeah, wants to be the in loop, the loop. Everybody yeah, wants like to one. be in the loop. Um, anybody else with thoughts on these annoying, overused office terms? 407-916-5400. Text me at 23680. I know you got one out there I haven't heard yet, so uh, give me a call right now. i got a fresh Trump tweet to share with you in our headlines. Time is tight, but I wanted to get you on with the most annoying phrase you hear too often at work. William, good morning. You're on with the Bud Man from Orlando. Hi, William. Hi, how are you? This good, sir. How you doing? Good. What you got? Uh, so uh, one of the catchphrases that, uh, in my work center is bluff. It's called B-L-U-F, which stands for uh, bottom line up front. Oh, really? And they say it ad nauseum. Oh, yeah. Got it. Thank you for that. Nelson, what have you got from Orlando? Hello, Nelson. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Uh, the word was reconnaissance. Constantly used over and over, having to save customers. The owner loved to use the F word along with that. Really? Very interesting. Sounds nasty. All right, line three, Rich and Kissimmee. What's the most annoying phrase you hear too often at work? Well, we have a meeting. We used to have a meeting once a month, and we'd have to list the projects that we're, we were going to have have to do in the next month. And if my boss didn't like one of the projects that we come up with, he would always say, we'll put that high on the list of low priorities. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. I like that one. Uh, I'm going to circle back to Yaffe to check the text line. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> uh, one person has a replacement for the best thing since sliced bread. Says you should say the best thing since pockets. Oh, yeah, that's good. I, I like that. Um, I, sort of. <laughs> uh, someone says the phrase, my bad, my bad. Doesn't yeah. like that. Uh-huh. Another person said, can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. Doesn't like that one. Yeah. Anybody else? Quickly. So uh, that being said. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. All right. Lots Fair of enough. ones. People get annoyed a lot at work, apparently. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yes, they do. Yeah. And I said, no, well, you'll feel a little bit better. A little bit of therapy <laughs> session here right now. We could go all morning, but it's been a great ride. Thanks for joining us here. Check out the website, WFLAOrlando.com. Yaffe, you've placed all kinds of interesting things there for folks to see, including the video of the compelling interview with a wildfire survivor, the nurse in California. Check it out on the website. It is truly remarkable. From all of us on the 50,000-watt front porch, thank you, God bless you, and God bless America.